What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies. And the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus. So if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones like with Imadi Kund, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews. So check it out. Enjoy the repository. And for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Michael Sayer, who's the founder of Cognizant. Welcome to the show. How's it going? I'm great. Uh, thanks for having me on that. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. I'm looking forward to learning more about what you are working on. For people that haven't heard of your, of your company yet, what are you working on? What is Cognizant? Yeah, so uh, Cognizant builds software, smart robots that expands their adaptability and reliability using hybrid intelligence techniques. So can you walk us through a little deeper into like like the the user experience of somewhere to find this kind of on the internet and they were to check out the website and kind of dive into it? What can you kind of walk through what, what the user experience would be like there? Yeah, sure. So uh, a new user will go on to our website, they'd sign up for an account, uh, and then they would be uh, brought to a couple different options, one of which is to uh, essentially install our software robot. Uh, once they've done that, uh, the robot will be able to uh, report to our backend system uh, when the robot enters some kind of failure state, something we call edge case failure. So the robots in this dynamic environment, unpredictable scenario, uh, the machine intelligence is sometimes going to fail. It's going to uh, not be able to handle the situation. So we can detect that. And then it reports back to the system. Uh, an operator can then uh, see that this robot is requesting an intervention. Uh, then they can open the ticket. They get a human readable description of what kind of failure had occurred uh, and then what the suggested resolution would be. Uh, then they connect to the robot. They get uh, observability tools that helps them understand uh, the environment of the robot, what the robots trying to do and uh, gives them some tools that they can use to guide the robot through that scenario uh, get it back to normal operation this is this is pretty fascinating it makes me kind of wonder what led to to this company or i guess in other words what's the origin of the story uh for cognizant yeah so um you know essentially i was working in uh deployments uh in e-commerce facilities so i was deploying robots into these facilities and um Prior to that, I had been working as an engineer, uh, you know, primarily technical, and uh, I had seen all the stuff work in the lab. And so when going into that role, I thought, okay, we just make the uh, workspace like the lab and then the robot will work. Uh, but, the, you know, the fact is, is that when you get into those scenarios, you can see the, the crazy amount of variability that, that comes up uh, and the robot can't handle it. And um, you can't make the workspace like the lab. I mean, at least not without great expense. So. You know, you end up with this scenario where the people that are trying to deploy the robot have a, a choice to make where it's either uh, adopt robots and do a bunch of changes to their infrastructure and their processes, you know, at usually a relatively high cost uh, or don't deploy the robot. Um, and so 
usually uh, when somebody goes into that, they're trying to uh, strike a new balance with their, their labor costs, right? They want to uh, you know, make their employees more productive and start to incorporate robots to supplement some of the labor that normally a human would do. Uh, but what, what ends up happening is that uh, they get this sort of uh, projection of, okay, you have to spend several million dollars on upgrading your warehouse or upgrading your, your factory so that the robots will work properly. And also you need to change all your processes so the robot will work properly. So this is usually a really hard pill to swallow. And uh, Cognizant kind of came about during that process, right? Where I saw, you know, if we had a way to address edge case failure as it happens, then a lot of these uh, changes don't need to be made anymore, right? The reason the changes need to be made are to get that last two or 3% of reliability out of the robot, uh, which sounds like it wouldn't make that much of a difference, but. If you look at something like self-driving vehicles, um, you know, go back 2015, everybody was saying by 2018, 2019, all these major cities all around the world are going to have a fleet of robot taxis that are going to, you know, be ubiquitous and uh, didn't happen. And the reason that it didn't happen is because of that same edge case failure issue where, you know, even if you get 99.8% reliability, that 0.02% is enough to derail the deployment of the entire technology because the costs are so high. Uh, you know, going to warehouses, going into factories, the costs aren't as high, but they're still relevant. And uh, it can also derail those deployments. And as you're working on this, I'm curious, you know, this is fairly technical kind of, you know, something that that is um, that I think is fascinating. I have to wonder when you started getting into it, what have been some of the things that you've learned along the way as you're building this out? It could be about the market or the product or even marketing it. Um, but can you kind of share some of the lessons that you've learned so far as you've been working on um, Cognizant? Yeah, so I think one of the big lessons that we learned is that, um, you know, process still matters a lot. So when we go in to intervene on, in, in, on behalf of these robots, um, sometimes it's simple. Sometimes it's just oh, the robot doesn't know where it is. You tell it where it is and it goes back to normal. Sometimes it's just does it doesn't know what it's looking at. You it's you know you help it identify what it's looking at and it goes back to normal. Other times it's not so straightforward. You know the robot might have been on some mission that it assumed was successful, but you actually um, you get an error that you know the next step in the process didn't execute properly. So then you have to go back and find out okay what was the robot supposed to do from this SOP, the standard operating procedure, and then you know figure out how to make sure that that did happen. So, you know, building those SOPs was a big part of the learning that we did when we went into this was that it's not just about making the robots smarter. It's also about understanding what function they're supposed to perform, you know, in their uh, in their application. So uh, that was one of the things that we probably didn't put enough emphasis on in the very beginning that we built out a lot over time is, you know, getting that standard library of SOPs that everybody kind of needs to get the robots to function properly. And if you were to kind of take what you're doing now and zoom out a ton, like 5, 10, 15 years into the future, what would you say the big vision is for Cognizant? Or I guess in like in a decade or two, you know, what, what is this going to look like and what direction are you rowing in? Yeah, so I, I really like this question because this is a big inspiration behind starting the whole thing. Um, I mean, I think we've all seen like the Boston Dynamics robots mechanically, electromechanically, they're very advanced. You know, they can outperform a human in so many ways. Uh, the reason you don't see stuff like that in you know, your day-to-day -day life is one cost. And the other is that the intelligence just really isn't capable enough. And it probably won't be for a really long time. Uh, so I see a future where you have the ability to do remote work in the physical as well as you, you can do in the cognitive right now, right? Like you, me and you are having this conversation 
we don't have to meet up. Uh, you can dial into your office and do you know document creation or, or whatever else remote work that people do. Uh, but you can't sort of turn a valve or, or pick up a box and move it across a space. Uh, but I think that the future is that humans will supplement robot intelligence and you'll be able to get labor uh, delivered anywhere in the world from anywhere in the world. And um, that would have a huge impact on you know, the way people work and uh, you know the, the sort of dynamics of uh, the international labor market. So that's sort of the long-term vision is, is making it possible to deploy robots anywhere a human can do work. And in order to make that happen, I think it's a very exciting future, but you'll need some help, right? It takes a village to make a startup work in scale. So my question for you is, how can the Forward Thinking Founders community help? Are you hiring? Are you raising money, looking for customers or partnerships? How can we assist? Yeah, I guess there's there's two things where I think, you know, there's uh, something we can ask for. One is uh, anybody that's building robots or or selling robots or trying to use robots, if they're running into challenges with deployment, if they have this tough choice to make on, you know, spending money on infrastructure change, look us up, uh, you know, we can help you. Uh, I think that that's something that we uh, we want to do for all the people that are trying to, to build and deploy robots is, is make it easier. We want to expand that market. And so I think we can be a great partner, anybody that's doing that. On the other side, one of our hardware partners is actually looking for a navigation system engineer. So anybody out there that knows somebody that is good at building robot navigation systems, uh, there's a role for you in Singapore. And then if someone was interested in either of those two points, um, how can they learn more or find out? You know, could you have a website or maybe like a social media handle or an email address? How can someone get in touch? Yeah, uh, we have a website at cognoscept.systems. Um, that's that's the website. And uh, you can also find us on YouTube. We've got a few videos posted uh, under the Cognoscept moniker. Um, there's a couple of podcasts that we've done in the past uh, and uh, a few newspaper articles out there. So yeah, if you look us up, uh, there's quite a bit of material out there to, um, to learn more. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was great talking to you. Thanks, Matt.